0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's up? This is Barton Simmons of 24-7 Sports alongside Charles Power. And today we're going to have a discussion about our five stars for the class of 2020. We're going to go through really top to bottom just one through 32 the guys that uh, that we landed on as a as a rankings council uh, kind of discuss why those guys are five stars maybe what some of the deliberation sounded like and looked like for for a few of these players and um, and just kind of dig into uh, to the guys that we've stamped the the guys that are entering the fraternity of five stars so um, Charles you ready to go get going and uh kind of dig into this
2: yeah, I mean, I feel like we've been talking about these guys uh pretty much <laughs> as, as much as possible for the last couple weeks. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to um I guess finally I guess putting a stamp on this and uh I guess moving on to 2021.
1: No doubt. Yeah, we can kind of empty the notebook and then be be done yeah. here. Um So, I you know, right obviously right off the jump here at number 1 is that was the uh, maybe the most I don't know, um interesting debate we had I think it was um it it was a pretty difficult decision this year yeah Uh, number one I think we had we all felt like we had three legitimate number one candidates but we landed on Bryce Young the Alabama early enrollee from modern day um I'll let you go first on Bryce Charles what what, um I I guess we're generally speaking um kind of your thoughts on him as a player and then we'll get into kind of maybe the, the the number one debate
2: Yeah, so yeah, I think with 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 Bryce Young, it really kind of began. I I think once he transferred to Modern Day, he was previously at a a smaller high school um, in in Los Angeles, and and transferred to the powerhouse Modern Day as a junior, and really had a great had a great junior year. Um, Yeah, I think his skill set is kind of you know what the the way the game's trending. I think that's one was one of our conversations we were kind of hashing out the you know the number one overall prospect. uh, He's just highly instinctive, a really loose uh, quarterback who goes through all of his reads, progressions. I think he's probably the most accurate passer in the in in the in the class, or at least probably the last two cycles that that I've seen um, with his ability to locate the ball at 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 a bunch of different levels. Um, So, in kind of when you when you start use that as a starting point, um, consider how good he looked at at the opening finals, the Elite Eleven finals in the summer, um, springboarded into really a, a, a great senior year. Um, I know his team lost to, to DJ Uy- Uyaga leles in the um in the playoffs but just kind of in aggregate uh in which, which with how steady Bryce was um you know over over the course of the season just r- ripping off some of his stats he completed 72% of his passes you know uh over 11 yards in attempt 58 passing touchdowns six interceptions so uh there's just really there was never a point where he came out and just didn't perform like he was so consistent he really he really didn't leave us a whole lot of questions I, and i know like typically people maybe would like talk about his height he's 5'10 but but now i, I don't think that's really as much of a concern i was talking to travis ryer with the alabama site kind of trying to kind of i guess paint a picture for um you know bryce's size and kind of build and he really kind of reminds me in build a little bit to like johnny Manziel. um he's 5'10 but he's a he's a longer big-handed kind of big-footed um athlete so it's, it's not like he's really like one who's super slight or I, I think his size maybe translates a little more than if you're just going straight off his height. So, um, you know, I, I think Barton, you, 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 probably saw more of, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields um, in, in high school than I did. But, but I think, you know, just, just in terms of um, kind of looking at Bryce and DJ in, in a, in a macro sense, I, I think those guys are as, as two, as as good as any high school prospects at quarterback that I've seen personally.
1: Yeah, and, and we're we're ranking those guys like that. They're gonna have the same rating of one oh one as Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, which were the highest rated quarterbacks we had ever had at that point. And so now we've got two more that we believe are, are on that tier. Um you know, I think it's interesting with Bryce is his he you know, DJ is five or I'm sorry, six foot four, two hundred and fifty-five pounds or whatever. Bryce is five ten, hundred and whatever. Uh, but they have the same size hands, and so yeah. I think that that just gives you a little bit idea of just sort of um, maybe like that the the size isn't always quite as black and white as as just here in five ten. And I still remember seeing Bryce at the All American Bowl come in to check in and step on the scale and the 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 uh, height chart. And I kind of joked with him like, "You don't have to worry about this as much as you used to." And he he was sort of like, "Yeah, it's it's a blessing. Like it's it, yeah. I, I don't stress about it." And and that, to me, is probably as big a an element to this as any. As we look at the top three, and as we debated the top three, I think we all believe Brian Brzee, and we'll get to him a little bit more here in a minute, but we all believe he is one of the better defensive line prospects we've ever seen. And so for someone to jump Brian Brzee, they had to be all the way real at the quarterback position. And I think Bryce is that, and if you just look at, Look, of the last, I, just, I sort of went back, 22 drafts. 16 of those had a quarterback go number one. It's just so if you have a candidate to go at one at quarterback, and we don't always have it every year. There's not always a guy that we're comfortable with. If you have that guy, you're sort of cheating yourself or we're cheating ourselves if we don't make that move and put him number one. And when you look, I think, even further and why – I think I and we felt empowered to move with Bryce Young at one is a little bit about when you look at the last few picks at one. It's it's Baker Mayfield, it's Kyler Murray, it's Joe Burrow more than likely this year, and all of those guys have physical flaws, whether it's size, arm strength. Um, none of them is a the perfect prospect from the from the trait standpoint, and yet they were so good on the field in college that they they were. They were the number one pick. And I think when you look at Bryce, you look at his body of work, and when you look at, I think, uh, the, above everything else, his maturity, the, the presence that he brings to the position, there is such little doubt that he's going to hit. And so, like, what's the floor for that? I don't know. I thought maybe, like, I was thinking maybe Shea Patterson is like a floor for Bryce Young, but that's just hard for me to envision that he isn't. Yeah. Uh, a first round type of talent, and if he's a first round type of talent, then he's probably he's a number one candidate for sure. Yeah, and, and
2: I, it's funny you say the Shea Patterson thing because I had the same thought um, a, a day or so ago, and and I, I kind of talked myself out of that because I, you know looking back at it, like, I Bryce Young had a, had a far, I guess, more uh, like a like a more concrete body of work as right. as a high school player than Shay Patterson did, especially like his senior year, which I think Shay Patterson only played like maybe like eight or ten games at, at IMG mm-hmm. he didn't play a lot of second half. So um Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I think I think the if you kind of look at the way it's trending, um it's definitely uh the game is moving in Bryce Young's direction. Um I think I've said in the past, I think he's probably the most ready to play of, of these quarterbacks. Now we're projecting ultimately long-term, but it doesn't hurt to hit the ground running either. Um and and I I think that's that's a, a really good point on on those quarterbacks having flaws. I think the the way it's trending, it, it's it's moving towards uh, you know, quarterbacks who have a really high operating efficiency, which he probably has the best in this class accuracy, which he has the best in this class. Um, and then mobility, ability to escape pressure, deal with pressure. Um, and, and, and like you said, it seems like, you know, it it was like, he was like a PhD student, uh, at at times, you know, in taking undergrad classes out there. It was just, it seemed like it was just really easy for him. The game was super slow. You know, how quick he goes through his progressions. I, I really have no doubt that he's going to come in, um, you know, just just ready to play and and I guess you know hit, hit the ground running at Alabama. I, and and when when you kind of hear, you know, Nick Saban, um, you know, the coach at Modern Day just effusively praise him. It's just, I I think at, at every turn he's impressed, and there's really nothing he he didn't like. He just didn't give as much of a reason for him not to be number one.
1: Right. And so that brings us to number two, and DJ Uyangalile. And he's, he's obviously the, the longtime rival of Bryce Young. He's heading to Clemson. He's, in a lot of ways, the, the, the other end of the spectrum of Bryce Young. And that's not to say that DJ is in some capacity like raw or underdeveloped. I mean, he's been just as productive this year. They almost have identical stats. Um, and, and they've played head-to-head and split two games each and, and all that sort of stuff. But, I guess he is more of this um, collection, like the sum of traits. Like I, I've compared him to Jamarcus Russell. and I hope that does isn't taken as a slight because Jamarcus Russell's sort of off the field issues that that derail his career. But in terms of just a pure physical talent, I mean DJ has the from a trait standpoint, i'd I'd say probably the top physical traits of any quarterback I've ever covered um that's, that's and, high praise to yeah, yeah yeah and so i mean that's a it's a monster arm that's big body athlete i mean athleticism in that frame and so there's is, there's is certainly probably going to be some moments in his career we look back and we think oh my goodness how did we not have dj1 but i think that's going to flip flop a lot and yeah. and uh and, and ultimately um you know the Bryce is just the guy that the kind of we, we landed on with with just a little bit more confidence. So I don't know if you have any sort of thoughts to add on on DJ uh, framed in that debate as well.
2: Yeah, and and so this is like really my first time the at the All American Bowl was really my first time seeing DJ because he he wasn't at the um, at the Elite Eleven Finals and I was I was really impressed with with you know he like you said he is not a, a raw uh, quarterback at all. He's ha- very polished. Um, you know I, I think how he kind of just dealt with being thrown in that situation. It's really not like it's playing quarterback in an all-star game. is really not a, uh, always the most flattering setup, um, kind of throwing to receivers you aren't used to. And I, I thought he did a really good job there. And like you said, the arm is just, you know, it's like, I guess what we would call like a plus plus arm. It's a, a, as good as I've seen either. Um, you know, I think his downfield accuracy is he's almost more accurate throwing the ball 40 yards downfield than, than he is short. And that's not a knock on his short accuracy. It's just, he can really locate the ball wherever he wants, um, especially pushing pushing it vertically. So, um, in 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 for for a two hundred and fifty pounder, he's 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 light footed, moves well. Um, you know, I think one, like one of my comps for him, if you're gonna like look at like a, a modern NFL quarterback, it's like kind of like Carson Wentz, kind of how he moves. He's um, not not a guy who's gonna rip off like fifty yard runs, but but he can slide in the pocket, um, pick up yards when needed. So, yeah, he has he has a complete skill set. Also, I, I think most years, any of these top three would be, would be the number one prospect. Like if you put them in the, in the 2019 cycle, I don't think we would have had much of a conversation on who the number one prospect was in DJs. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a unique deal where I I know everybody's going to parse like who's number one, who's number two, but I think it's important to put this in in a larger context is we have three really strong number one candidates.
1: Yeah. And I think that's exciting is, and I mentioned it on our our, uh, rankings discussion and, and it got on the podcast, but I, I really think, like, of all the years I've been doing this, <clears throat> this top three is the group that I have the most realistic hope could actually land one, two, three in the NFL draft. Like, I think that's a very realistic scenario, um, and that's exciting. And yeah. and I think it speaks to how good those guys are, and it speaks to 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 Brian Brzee. And like, so as as we get to Brian, like, it almost it almost pained me. To, to, to put him at three yeah because he's been number one for two and a half years he's been he's taken everyone's best shot he's he's evolved his game he's improved his game from uh, an already really high level he he kept on getting better he kept on competing he you know showed up at the all-American Bowl with a dang club on his hand like he didn't have to play in that game no. but he took more reps than anyone in in practice and led the way from a competi- competitive standpoint and he's a 4 eight forty guy at 288 pounds and he's a 20 and 10 basketball guy and like there's just like there's everything you could want about this kid he's versatile he could play edge could play inside could play like a four technique like he's just whatever you want him to do he can be it. And so I think nine years out of 10, he's the number one player in yeah, the country. For sure. Uh, but this is just that year where when it's close and we talk about that likelihood of a quarterback going number one, it's just, man, you just kind of have to go with a quarterback.
2: Yeah, I think for me, for me, the discussion, kind of how I was trying to frame the, the number one discussion is kind of looking at our, ratings at 24-7 like our player grades if if brian brazee was really kind of like better than a, a 101 grade which is really like a franchise kind of generational type of prospect depending on the position um and, and i guess i think i thought if we ultimately landed on they were all one you kind of have to go with the quarterback but but it's a legit conversation if brian Brzee like i i, I think it back on it um you know the only the only defensive lineman that that i think i've seen um, that that I would even like 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 put in that category, um, we maybe be like a Jadavion Clowney, Miles Garrett looked like that at the Under Armour game. Um, I think in maybe twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen.
1: So, but, and those but, are the two guys who have gone number one. No, you know, yeah, number one, runner and, runner number and, one, basically. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, Brzee's in that category. He's he, but he he's a defensive tackle. But comparing him to past defensive tackle prospects, I've seen he he's the best. And I I I I, I say that without batting an eye. Um, you, you, right. you look at the we have mounds of athletic testing information on him really dating back to like his sophomore year um, so he, and he's, as he's gotten bigger, he's maintained, if not gotten more athletic. Um, then, then you look at kind of how he dominates on Friday nights and then you put him in an all-star situation. And he is like, I know we, we use the term alpha dog when we're kind of like uh, picking our top performer. And he is like, he is an alpha dog every time he comes out. Um, he, he just owns the, the, the entire situation. Um, I think what, what impresses me is he he has a really kind of an, an elite combination of the size, athleticism. He he's he has a more polished um, kind of arsenal of pass rush moves than any than anybody in the class. And this is we're talking about a, a 300 pound defensive tackle. Like he has a spin, he has spin moves, fake spins. He's just he's violent, um, you know, on, on, on contact. He was throwing that club around like it was a weapon at at uh, the All American Bowl. Um, and so I think you just factor everything in and he's a guy, like you said, that could play multiple spots in the defensive line. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we come out and Brent Venables is putting him on the edge, you know, uh, like on first and second down. So, um, he could really be anywhere. It's, it's he's a tough one to compare to. Like you, you're, if you're looking for an NFL comparison, you're like, is, is he Ndamukong Su kind of like you brought up art? And I mean, there've been times where he looks kind of like a JJ Watt, like a, a big defensive end who can rush off the edge, you use his power, but, but is, is, you know, really quick off the ball also so um he's man he's one worth really worth being excited about and i know um he, he and he, it's almost like you, you put him on the field with all these other with all these other top prospects and he immediately jumps out every play as as one who just is is kind of head and shoulders above the rest when you're talking just general position players in this cycle
1: yeah and and i one of the things i love about him too is, is i he reminds me from a personality standpoint a little bit um Like George Karloftis from last year's class, in that he is this very bright-eyed, enthusiastic kid who is excited to be competing. Like, you know, so many of these guys that get this guy's been number one for three years, and he's you know he's seen it all. He's he's dealt with all this madness and. The, it's it's very clear though that he doesn't like to be recruited he likes to compete like that's why he's here like and so that makes you feel like he's you know he's gonna get the most of his ability so again it's a little bit like tough you yeah. know to to sort of have your this guy that's been our guy for three years and and move him to three but you know, it's just a it's a it's a uh commentary on these quarterbacks um but i mean that character that 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 Brzee, shows I think is probably a good segue to our number four guy because you got to tip your cap to Julian Fleming who as a wide receiver with a ton of really talented defensive linemen emerging in this class particularly late you know, wide receivers don't typically go this high Julian Fleming doesn't play a, an elite level of competition he's but he just he hung on and and he hung on for dear life for that number four spot, and and I think we, we really credited his just sort of consistency, work ethic, and and well-rounded body of work, and and and, and kept him in that four hole, and um, uh, you know, I think it's well deserved. It's, it's, he's a very high floor guy, but he's also a really high ceiling guy too. Right.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. After seeing him kind of at at Under Armour, I came away thinking he he has. He has like he's this good already, but he has a lot of areas to improve. Like he can polish up his route running. Um, you know, he's not a he's like you said he's he's not a guy who he has always been really productive, but he's not one who's really played in like a typical spread offense, and he's getting thrown the ball twenty times a game or anything like that. Um, so. I think once he gets once he gets to Ohio State, we're going to see like a, a pretty good uptick in within his maybe first year or so on campus. Um, I, I know their receivers coach Brian Harline has kind of talked about um, just kind of some some of his ceiling and areas where he can get better. And it's, it's, I mean, and that's the thing is he goes out to these national events and he's the best receiver at every event he goes to. He was the best receiver at um, at the opening finals, and then he was the really the best receiver at, at Under Armour also. also. So um, just really. Yeah, man. Like I, I think, in w- when you kind of look at his whole deal, he's the most athletic receiver in the class. He and Demond Demus had uh, basically the same testing numbers, and Fleming is bigger, heavier, so um, he kind of gets the edge there. Uh, and then you look at the height the, uh, the high school production. Um, you know, just the, the, the triple sports stuff with being like an above the rim basketball player. He's a 24 foot long jumper. Um, and then he is a a complete, like he, there's not any diva to his game at all. He's a blue collar. He, like like we were talking about it at Under Armour, like this guy came out here to work. Like he was trying to get better. Um, he was diving in the, in the dirt, uh, kind of like in the, like the rocks making catches. It was really impressive. Like his, his overall effort level. Um, and you combine that with all of the the physical traits and and just kind of what he shows from a skill standpoint. Um, He's, I I think he's the, the, the top receiver in the class. And I know we kind of had the discussion where there's a, to me, there's a pretty good drop off from, from three to four. And that's really not a knock on Fleming. I think those top three are so good. And I think there's uh, several other prospects you could have a, um, you know, you could you could have a debate are are the fourth prospect, but but I think Fleming is like you said a really high floor receiver, but with upside, um, and that I think having him at four just shows how much we think about him because uh, you really don't see receivers in the top five very often.
1: Right, and and I'm going to use something you said on Fleming as as another segue here as we get to number five, um, because another guy that showed up at the All American games to just absolutely put in work more so than and maybe anyone on this list yeah. is Will Anderson. Like, I I mean, look, he was a, he was a pleasant guy to talk to in San Antonio, um, but the smiles were coming after practice was over. Like, during practice, that dude was dialed in, and Will Anderson was, I'd say, probably the single biggest revelation to me of, of any of the All-American games. Um, and, I, and, look, we hadn't really seen him in person. Yeah. So, there was some unknown there. We loved his film. We were like almost suspicious of his film. Like, is he too small? Is he like, what do we, what's the catch here? He had a 22 sack season as a senior. So, the productivity was obviously there. So, I mean, everything was in front of him uh, for the All American Bulls. And, you know, he showed up at like 225, 230 pounds, six, two and a half, I think is what he measured it at, something around there. So, not not a freakish body type, but. Absolutely has a a presence, um, and and has the type of frame that is. And I, let me see if I have his. I don't know if you have his numbers in front. Let me see what his, I think his arms 30, 30, were. Thirty-four, inch, 34, inch, 34 arms. inch arms. So like arms, that. Yeah. yeah. So that was a Like he, he he definitely has a big frame. And then I, I just I mean, bar none, like there was isn't anyone in this class that has the get off he has. Right. There isn't an edge rusher in this class that has the speed to power that he showed, and his. I just think he absolutely dominated the the All American game in a way that was 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 undeniable.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I I think yeah, like I I think you framed that set that up pretty pretty good. So like we we loved Will Anderson's junior and really in, in in junior video, but especially the senior video. I mean, he's you watch it and he is he is in the backfield before the offensive linemen are out of their stance. Like that's how quick he is off the ball. And I think like you said, it was just really. None of us have seen him in person before. He's never really been to camps or any kind of recruiting events. Um, So it was kind of about verifying his size. um, And and really, like, you kind of look at him. He really, like, looks just on, like, just walking around like he's maybe taller than, than six, two and a half. He, he plays bigger than that. You, you mentioned his arms like his, I I think when you look at pass rushers in the NFL, there's a, there's a whole lot of them that are, that are, are, are his size he's probably long. Right. He, he's longer than a Von Miller. He's longer than a Khalil Mack even. Um, so his size really kind of tr- really translates maybe better than a, a six, six, you know, two twenty edge rusher. So, um, mm-hmm. So, so that's not really as much of a concern for me. Kind of it, like looking into that further, and then, and then the thing that was really most startling was, was how physical he was. Like his, like, like you mentioned, his speed to power, the pop in his hands. He was, I mean, you're talking about a 230 pound speed edge rusher who is like blowing the offensive lineman just completely off the ball once he gets his hands on them. So, um, just like I, I think the. The, the hand strength and, and just the, the physicality he played with, to me, was really one of the more like revel, revelatory aspects of it. And then coupled with just how dominant he was, like I came away thinking, I was like, we we really can't put an edge rusher over him just with how good he looked. I mean, if you just take, yeah. take the whole body of work kind of uh, in aggregate, I, I think it was pretty convincing he was a top edge player in the class.
1: So from the top edge to the top interior guy in this class, and this was a... A little bit of a tricky discussion. Uh, I don't think it's a, It was just a, an obvious answer on who the best interior guy was. There was a few good candidates, but we landed on Gervin Dexter. He's he comes in at number six, uh, the Florida signee, and um, you know, as as Javon Kinlaw is out here making waves at the Senior Bowl right here as we as we speak. I think that's sort of the the comp in a way of Gervin Dexter. Just this massive, really unique frame that. He was – I mean, at the Under Armour game, just watch – you were out there. I, I was watching the video of it. But he, he was walking offensive linemen back to the quarterback like they were JV guys, and these were all Americans. Um, the kid's in like uh, third year playing football? I think so, yeah. I think. Yeah.
2: Um, maybe, maybe even maybe in second. He was really kind of an AAU basketball player until – we first heard about him. He went to an FAU satellite camp going into his junior year. That's kind of where he popped up, but I I'm not I'm I'm not 100% sure he had played football before that. And that was 2 years ago.
1: Yeah, so he's still really raw and he, he you know, plays a little high and he's got to polish some things up and so there's there's some improvement that that to be had there, but another one that's just uh from a physical trait standpoint, uh you don't see these guys too often and it's just really easy to envision him being a dominant force in the SEC and being like a uh, the the apple of the eye of some NFL GMs here in a couple of years.
2: Yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of like you brought up Javon Kinlaw. There there's a there's a lot of players like this who who are kind of really very strong players in the nfl like you're talking about like a DeForest buckner he kind of looks similar to a chris jones uh, we brought up like the john henderson comparison former i guess like top 10 pick played at tennessee um so yeah i he he's a rare he's a rare body type and the thing is too like new to football he came out this year as a senior and he had 125 tackles 35 tackles for loss and 18 sacks at one point he was leading the state of florida in sacks and like i'll am be honest like Jervon Dexter does not really know what he's doing right now. He did he did that like basically while he's learning to play football. He needs to get his pads down. Um, but but you talk about the athleticism, the the strength. Like he is to, to be that that stature. I, I guess six six plus. Um, he is maybe the the strongest defensive linemen or certainly one of them that, that we've seen at these events. Like like you said, I mean he was making offensive linemen look like they were children. So um I think from a sheer upside standpoint, how much he improved really year over year, uh he's one that I mean his upside is 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 sky high.
1: Yeah. Um I'll let you take the lead here on, on Keeley Ringo. So Keely Ringo comes in at number seven, um our 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 top cornerback in the country and and I feel like he was a guy that you were pretty excited about and, and kind of on the table for as a top ten guy in this class after all American Bowl?
2: yeah I, I thought uh, it, was, it was really my first time seeing Ringo um at, at all American Bowl and you know you kind of come in with these things you try to come in with a blank slate for everybody and but uh, you know you, it's a little hard to do and I so having not seen him before I, I you know I had seen videos of him in seven on seven at camps and really wasn't a hundred percent sure I, I, I didn't really know what to expect in terms of his his coverability we, we know he's an elite track athlete I think he won the 100 and 200 meter in in the in the state championships I think he's one of the fastest players in the class on the track um, and, and has really has great size I think he's like over six feet Um so then so then kind of seeing him in the context of of covering these elite receivers you know he doesn't really do that a ton at high school like everybody kind of avoids him um and he p- kind of plays a little offense which is something you want to see at, at corner so um really kind of interested to see him cover and man he was i thought he was outstanding like i he's clearly the top corner in the in the class to me with how fluid he was his speed his his um ability to kind of stay in phase but uh, he, i i don't really think he got beat much but like if he got beat off the line he's so fast like his makeup speed is is elite um so he was really i i thought o- over the course of the week um and going to both games i thought far and away the top corner and he's a guy where his physical traits are such to to i i think he has a really high floor as as kind of a NFL draft type of prospect um and he's only going to get better um kind of once he gets to focus on on his technique and and whatnot um at at Georgia and I I think it it, it's indicative like if you just watch the the All-American Bowl he didn't get thrown at one time like the other team knew like they're like man like we aren't going to even go at him because he's not going to really give up give up much so I think um you know he's He's one of the better cornerbacks in the last couple cycles to me. Um, the clear one in, in this class, and and that kind of makes him a top ten prospect.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just the the athletic traits that you talked about. I mean, specifically, this is a kid that runs a ten four hundred meter dash, which is so he's one of the fastest players in the country, and he also happens to be one of the bigger corners in the country. And so, it's it's yeah, it's like easy to see him just sort of have a. Cause you never really know on DBs. Like, hey, yeah. maybe they give it in. Like, but but I, I could you could see him having a very ho hum, mediocre career, and then just And be like a top and, ten pick. Yeah, that's, worst case scenario, like he still like flashes a little bit as a senior and blows up the combine. He still is still gets drafted the first round. Yeah, that, like,
2: that, <laughs> that, that's almost like your worst case scenario. You're dealing with him, you know, is like barring barring health. Like I, I remember Stephon Gilmore at, at South Carolina really like had a pretty kind of like, I wouldn't say lackluster, but it it was, it was not, he was not really known for making a ton of plays really at, at, as a corner of South Carolina. He might win the, you know, he was a top, I guess, maybe top 15 top 10 type of pick and might end up being NFL defensive player of the year. So yeah, corners always a little tough with how they project, but, but I think the NFL draft usually kind of shows us um, really who the best corners are. And I think Ringo definitely is that in this class.
0: eBay motors is here for the ride.
1: So from number seven, our number one cornerback, Keeley Ringo, number eight, our number one offensive tackle, Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, look, I mean, I think at the All-American Bowl, he wasn't like dominant as uh, in the one-on-one reps. And I don't think any I don't remember a day where he was um, at the top of our top performers list or anything like that. But this is still a guy, I think, and, and part of the reason, I don't even know that we really spent a whole lot of time scrutinizing him because... He still is six foot seven or whatever, six foot six. He still tests off the charts from an athleticism standpoint, and if you turn on his film, he's still nasty as all get out, and and is presents the physicality and the demeanor you want to see from an offensive lineman. So the. The, the you know I I don't expect him to be a day one starter at Ohio State. I expect it to take a little time for him to get some hand placement issues squared away, some some footwork issues squared away. But just the the raw ability, and and I think that's something that that we have collectively tried to um <clears throat> tried to emphasize at offensive line and particularly at offensive tackle is just sort of the upside and allowing the patience for the best player to emerge over uh, over a couple of years. And I really think that's what what Paris Johnson is is a guy that. Checks the 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 demeanor box, checks the size box, checks the athleticism box, and, and let's roll the ball out and see how he does.
2: Yeah, and I, yeah, just kind of piggybacking on that, I think Paris Johnson from like a a, a length standpoint, he's got 35 and a half inch arms, so he's he's got the elite length, he can move. Um, all of his, you know, testing numbers show like he's really one of the better athletes of, of everybody in this class, uh, especially offensive linemen. And then, um, and then, like you said, he's nasty on film. Like I, we're, we're probably, we'll talk about this later pertaining to some other offensive linemen, but Paris Johnson is, is he is very temperamental on the field. He is for, for typically with, uh, you know, offensive linemen kind of with his with his physical traits, you, you don't always know how physical they are, um, and he is really kind of on the, the far end of the spectrum with with how mean he is as offensive lineman. So I think he, like you said, needs to work on his pass protection a little bit, probably with his his anchor kind of um, getting a little stronger in his lower body and in in his base. But um, I and I really don't have a whole lot of doubt he's going to do that at Ohio State. But yeah, he's. Um, just a, a pretty unique from, from a physical and st- standpoint and kind of the with the mentality also at, at offensive tackle.
1: At number nine um, is our second defensive tackle on the board. Uh, this is kind of really one of my favorite guys in this class, Jalen Carter, the Georgia signee, who, like, I, th- I think when you look at – I mean, hey, well, let's go straight to Georgia. I mean, when you look at Trevon Walker and the kind of freshman year he had and, and the expectations that are emerging for him – um, and you look at his high school profile, and he, you know a three-sport athlete, a played middle linebacker as a senior. Like, I really believe that athletic versatility is isn't just reserved for for tight end and some of these other positions, like defensive linemen who can who can move and 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 who understand sort of the the dynamic flow of a game and 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 have the instincts that are honed playing different sports, different positions, whatever. I think Cal and Jalen Carter is that guy. He played – I think this is his first year really playing defensive tackle. He was like a tight end H-back before that for a Popco, which plays sort of a single-wing offense. He's – you know, you can kind of troll Twitter and find some videos of him like Tomahawk dunking at like 300 pounds on the basketball court. He's just played and, – and then when you get him in actually at defensive tackle, the leverage he plays with, the natural power that he plays with – the physical hands that he shows—I um, mean, I think this kid is special—and I'm, I'm, I was glad we were able to get him in that top ten because I, I wouldn't shock me if this kid ends up being a top three guy by the end of this process. And and I think he's really emerged as a guy that we've grown confidence in as the more we've seen him because early in the process it was just limited exposure to him.
2: Yeah, and, and really like great week at Under Armour. He was probably. In the game, the most dominant player. He was in the backfield, uh, really almost every snap. Kind of just whipped the other teams off interior offensive linemen. Uh, really, it was was one who got better as the week went on. Um, he was maybe didn't have the first day of, of uh, Jervon Dexter, but. Throughout the like throughout the rest of the week was probably the, the the best defensive tackle just in terms of performance. And like you said, just the the power, the leverage, uh quick, explosive, plays really hard. I think he's like also like maybe like a state weightlifting champion. He's just right. a guy who kind of has has everything going for him. Um and yeah, like I'm I'm with you. He's 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 a really tough to block for for opposing offensive linemen with kind of his leverage, quickness, uh and, and strength.
1: So we bumped up um Eric Gilbert to from fifteen to ten, uh, he's the number one tight end in the country, and what we all agree is a loaded tight end class. And um, he was injured you know, like second or third day during the week at, at under or I'm sorry at All American Bowl, and uh, like that didn't like he he didn't even need to show up. The year he had this fall for Marietta, um, I think he was National Gatorade Player of the Year, wasn't he? Or was, he was that Bryce yeah. Young? He was. Uh, um, and just, I mean, this is a. This is the modern day tight end right here. This is the guy. He's he you know he played receiver primarily for Marietta, but he could be an inline guy from a body type standpoint. He can block. He can move. He can catch. He can run routes. He can be an outside guy. He can be a matchup problem. He, I mean, this is what like. I, I'm like I don't I don't want to go overboard, but this may be an upgrade from Thad Moss to Eric Gilbert at LSU. I mean, he has that like long term. It it certainly is, but year one it could be, and so um, he is he's he's pretty rare for us to have a tight end that high.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, you took the words out of my mouth with with the Thad Moss thing. Like I, he would have Thad Moss is was you know one of the best tight ends in the SEC, uh, and and I think he would be fighting like he he and Eric Gilbert would be fighting for playing time if it came down to it. Uh, Eric Gilbert this year he had a hundred five receptions for 1860 yards and 15 touchdowns we're talking about a tight end prospect playing receiver with 105 catches um just you you would see him his his, his fluidity along with, with being i guess like six five two around 240 250 um you know he he moves like a receiver i think he'll probably play the like really play there at lsu and just natural fluid pass catcher A really good athlete um, and his ability to kind of make contested catches and and get open um, is is really as as probably as advanced as I've seen probably from a tight end, high school tight end, especially one with that stature already. So um, so, yeah, he's he's just polished, ready to go and um, good enough to where he could play receiver in SEC as a freshman. So.
1: At number eleven, Justin Flow, linebacker prospect heading to Oregon. Like that's another one we kind of you kind of cringe seeing him dip to eleven because he's so good and he was, I think, six for us before. And um just, you know, we're we're not trying to say that his stock is dipping. It's just when you stack these guys up. And I think one of the key points here for for, for Justin Flo was I think positional value as much as anything. Uh you look at the guys above him, it's a lot of defensive linemen, a lot of edge rushers, a lot of quarterbacks. And those guys, if they're close, are typically getting drafted above a, a commensurate like linebacker prospect. And so I, I think that, that that sort of dinged flow a little bit. But, man, I mean, there's no question that this guy is a dude as a player.
2: Yeah and our, our our guys on the West Coast uh Greg Biggins Brandon Huffman kind of think he's really the best West Coast linebacker they've seen in in a long time um I, I know the comparison we've kind of thrown around is, is is Reuben Foster you can definitely see it with his striking power uh how quickly he closes like, like you said he's just you know at, at the end of the day like kind of in, in terms of this ranking um Flo is a is a you know, special, unique inside linebacker, but he also I mean, he is an inside linebacker who really kind of is at his best when he's flowing downhill. And, and there's probably just not as much value um, with that. But but he is really, I mean, you can't really praise him enough with with how physical and his effort level. And um, you know, I think he'll be a difference maker pretty early for them.
1: Yeah, you feel him when he's on the field. There's no question yeah. about it. Um, I'll let you lead on Trenton Simpson. He, he's number twelve. Um, a guy that I think you and I have sort of. Uh, simultaneously, fallen in love with through the process, uh, yeah. and I mean, just a this guy's a, a stud.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I, I I felt like when we were ranking Trent Simpson high, like it was almost kind of like we were taking a shot on him, and and he really kind of validated it. You know, start, started his career as as, as a running back. Um, and, and made the made the move to, to linebacker, in, kind of in the middle of his junior year, and really kind of played as like an edge rusher as a senior. I think he had like twenty sacks. He's really long, um, you know, like I guess like six three with with long arms. Really good athlete, plays hard. Um, kind of shows up every time you see him. Um, so I, and, and then he kind of showed us in these these events that he can cover and play in space. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think just in terms of his his upside, and, and on top of already being a great player. Um, he's a unique kind of defensive piece that it'll be really fun to see how, how Clemson moves him around. He's a guy that can, like I said, that can rush the passer, drop and play in space. So um, kind of a unique skill set in one who I think is still, despite being relatively new to playing defense, is already a very, very good player. And I thought he was the best linebacker at Under Armour. So um, I know we have a couple, another one, Barton with, with, with Drew Sanders, who is really kind of maybe a little similar to Trent Simpson, one who can, Play a lot of different spots, and and really, I mean, we had a tough time parsing the, these linebackers. You could really kind of throw them in the mix. And, and Sanders, I guess we have rated as athlete, could play multiple spots. But kind of, what, what are your thoughts on on him, the, the versatile Alabama signee?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, one of the things I felt like there was a, a real common theme with Drew Sanders throughout the process was the feedback that we seemed to get from from so many colleges about his. Um, like like mental makeup the 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 way he approaches the game the way he handles himself in in the film room and those sort of that things and on the on the chalkboard and, and things like that and just sort of the way he's going to maximize his ability which is already really really elite um and this coming from from programs that didn't land him and so uh i thought that was a a compelling element to his game that that was important that was factored in but you know, you. I think you followed him as close as anyone in terms of the the stats that he's been putting up on a week to week basis, and the different ways he can affect a game. Uh, I mean, there's there's no question. You know, he could be. You got a lot of a lot of bullets to fire with him. You can fire an edge edge rush bullet. You can fire an inside linebacker bullet. You can fi- fire a tight end bullet. Like, um, hey, you can even be a wildcat quarterback for you if you want to. So it, it's he's just a very unique prospect.
2: Yeah. And and I I think when, when you're talking just overall high school football players in Texas, like he was probably the most, you know, impactful one. Like here's kind of what he did as a senior. He really, one thing with Drew Sanders that I think people forget is he, he began his career, uh, kind of as a, as a quarterback, he was really considered a quarterback prospect freshman, sophomore year. And then kind of, I guess, realized he was, you know, such a kind of a unique athlete, probably wasn't as advanced as a passer as some, but you talk about like, like this year playing for one of the best teams in Texas. He had, uh, 38 receptions for 734 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's ran for 11 as a wildcat quarterback and then threw for five. And then that's in addition to playing defense where he had 21 tackles for loss and 11 sacks. You're talking like, like, like a, a complete football player. I think he would be one of the better tight ends in the class. If he wanted to play that. So, uh, and really a, a, also a great athlete at six, at five, uh, two thirty, he ran a, a 10, nine, 100. I mean, that's faster than a lot of like you see from like receivers, corners, running backs. So, um, really kind of a, uh, a, a pretty unique prospect with which how advanced he is. And, and also on top of being a great athlete with size.
1: So at number 13, or 14, Miles Murphy dipped a little bit. He was five for us pr- previously. Um, and again, more of a, more of a product of, of us just being that enamored with some of these other guys than any sort of stock down, um, perception of Miles Murphy, I I think the thing that really jumps out to me from watching him at the All American Bowl is you know 260 pounds like he really has a speed rusher's ability like a like the way he can get off the way he can dip and bend the edge the the athlet the edge athleticism he shows even in a big frame I think is really what what separates him and and I like look maybe I mean maybe if he had a few of those sort of eye popping speed to power rushes that will Anderson showed then maybe that's what sort of sets those two apart ironically but um like uh, he's still a really really good really special defensive end um just didn't quite show the same sort of pop maybe as a few of those guys above him
2: yeah and and I I think it's probably worth noting too his his senior year while while really good probably wasn't as, as, as strong, um, as, as, as some of the other guys ahead of him also, uh, just in terms of like production and and whatnot, but he, you know, plays at a great program, uh, and and was still really, a really good player. Um, I I think, yeah, kind of like you mentioned, Bart, he probably didn't have maybe quite as, as many high moments as the others, but he's always been really good every time, every time we've seen him and, um, kind of like another, unique athlete with, at his size running a, a four, six flat at, right. at that two sixty plus. So, um, and, and I, I agree with you. I think the thing that probably jumps out to me the most is, is just kind of his, for his size, kind of the, the bend and dip around the edge. So, um, it, man, it's like, I, I feel like, I feel like we have a lot of these, a lot of these prospects so far. I mean, they're really, they almost like check every box. Yeah. So, and, and that, that was really kind of our, I guess, our, um, directive in in and, sorting this is, you know, there's really not a ton of questions about these guys.
1: Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, comes in at number 15. He's an Ohio State signee. He's he was a three star a year ago. Um, Probably shouldn't have been even at that point. But I think part of the reason he was initially ranked as a three star after his junior season when he had like 2,000 yards receiving like he he, he was a monster as a junior but his efficiency of movement is so good that it's like he's not eye-popping like, he doesn't jump off the screen because he just does – it's just the – he's so smooth that it's almost deceptive how good he is, how athletic he is. And so I think the more we've seen him, the more he's delivered from a production standpoint, and then to cap it off at the All-American Bowl. He got hurt during the week, but during the first three days of practice, uh, he was he, he he was everything we wanted him to be. Um, and so we bumped him up to to fifteen in the country. But man, this dude is just as polished and smooth as you could ask for at receiver.
2: Yeah, I think he like thinking back on it, he he's up there with the most polished receivers I've seen at, at the high school level. Um, I would maybe compare him from like a route running standpoint to like a Calvin Ridley. Um, but you know, he was I think I think he was you know more productive and than Calvin Ridley at the high school level, and really more athletic uh, also. And like like you mentioned, he's barred he's kind of got like an understated. Um, kind of, uh, if you watched Jackson Smith, the Jigba play, you wouldn't say, oh man, he's really fast. But then you look at his testing, you're just like, oh wow, he is fast. Then you realize he's running past everybody. Um, so, and, and I, I think he's the best receiver. Uh, if we, if we were to roll out and, and play a, like a college football game right now, I, he would be my guy in this class. Uh, I think he, he's just with his polish, his route running, um, uh, his ability after the catch, he, he kind of runs over his pads. And and, and he, or he he runs with his shoulders over his feet, so he's really tough. Like after the catch, too. Like I think it's hard for corners to get a read on which direction he's going. Uh, and then also like with his, he has really strong hands. Made, made a bunch of incredible one-handed catches, uh, kind of throughout his uh, senior season playing really high level of Texas high school football. I mean, he's, he had thirty-four touchdowns. Like yeah. let, let me, let, let, let's not kid around here. This guy <laughs> yeah. is a kind of a monster as a high school receiver. So. Um, Man, I you know Ohio State's getting two great ones with him and Fleming, and like he jackson Smith been the Jigbo's one where really it's like it, it's tough to put a receiver over all of these talented defensive players, but uh, but man, like he, he's he's as good like or as ready to play as, as I've seen in the last couple years.
1: Yeah, yeah. So at number sixteen, Jalen Jones, the Texas A&M commit, who we've ranked as a safety, but he plays primarily corner for his high school. He could be a safety, he could be a corner, he could be a, a nickel. Uh, at a and M, I I think the look we we liked him we liked his length we liked his his springy athleticism on film and I think when he showed up at the opening he had a five-star kind of performance at the opening over the course of the summer was 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 I think probably undoubtedly the best DB at that event Uh, and so he's been a striking distance ever since for that fifth star and I'll hand it off to you there Charles because you saw him at Under Armour and and he he validated that that hunch that we had.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I think he continued at, at Under Armour to show that he has some of the best instincts in the class at, at DB. That's, that's really what we what we like so much at the opening finals was. It seemed like he was almost like running the route for the receiver. He was kind of knew where everybody was going to be once he moved to kind of that cover two safety. Um, but but like you said, I I know like a lot of times when, when we rank players at other positions maybe the fans and, and the players might take that as a slight and we're just trying to project where he, he really could excel and he could excel at a corner also, but we're, we're kind of trying to point to maybe a ceiling like the high what we kind of view as the highest ceiling, but Jayla Jalen Jones really hasn't, he's one that's, that's impressed at every turn plays receiver for his high school has great ball skills uh, tested. Well, really good size um, and I think if we were ranking him as a corner, he still would be certainly one of the better corners in the class. So, um, just a really kind of strong body of work for him in, in, in the summer going into uh, going into the the All Star period.
1: So, number seventeen is an interesting one. Jordan Burtz, South Carolina commit, not a signee yet. Uh, he, I, I would say probably we were heading into the All American season. Um, needing some questions answered on Jordan Birch. And I'd say if anything, like he dropped here, he dropped from eight to 17 and he had previously dropped from like two to eight before that. So there is, I think it's fair to say that, that's, you know, his senior season wasn't what we wanted it to be. Um, just give like, he was good. And, and so it's, it's all relative, but um, given the competition he plays, which is really low level competition he wasn't as dominant as you wanted him to be, and so, you know, we—I don't know that we knew what to expect for him out of the All American game. And Charles, would you agree, or would just say that he probably exceeded our expectations a little bit and kind of, kind of slowed that fall from from what we what might have been either a steeper drop. So with that, we're going to take a break and and cut things off one through sixteen. You've heard our explanations, you've heard our discussions, and and we're going to continue things tomorrow with the podcast where we discuss 17 through 32, some of the continued debates and discussion and deliberation we had, in addition to just some of the impressions that we've got of those players. Uh, on top of that, that podcast will also include a conversation with Bryce Young and DJ Uwiyangalele discussing their rivalry that has been budding since middle school. So check in back tomorrow for those two subjects and we'll have more for you here at 24 uh, seven sports
0: okay picture this